Teasel Pop, Season 6, Episode 10. Hello and welcome to Teasel Pop, the mini podcast for busy teachers. My name is Laura and joining me today to share activities that help raise awareness about the environment is Harry Waters. Harry is the founder of Renewable English, a climate crisis awareness English course, and is based in the south of Spain. Alongside his duties as chief classes chap and lead lesson lad, he also does a lot of teacher training and speaks at conferences and climate summits across the globe to bring environmental sustainability into global curricula. In his spare time, he writes materials for global publishers and wears lovely secondhand shirts like the one you see today. Welcome to the show, Harry. Thank you very much for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. In today's episode, we're talking about activities that we can use to help raise students' awareness about the environment and the climate crisis, as well as how we can adapt these activities to different teaching contexts. Harry will also share tips on how we can communicate the value of such activities and integrate environmental literacy into existing curricula. As with many TESOL POP episodes, today's topic is relevant to many teaching contexts, whether you teach English language or other subjects, face-to-face or online. So why not continue the conversation by sharing today's episode with your teaching community? Um, A lot of our teachers may be working with existing curricula and lesson plans. How can they create buy-in from their stakeholders to make space for the activities that you're going to propose today? That's a big question. I like it. Honestly, there shouldn't be a need for a buy-in, but that's the case with a lot of things I know. You know, the future of our planet, future generations, where are they going to live? But that said, there is, of course, a need for buy-in, especially in education. Um, And one of the great things about these ideas and environmental ideas in general is they can be a wonderful link to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So they don't take away time from all of that important exam preparation that has to be done, but it can still be linked to something tangible. And uh, I hate to say it, but something that you can sell to your um, stakeholders or or whoever you're trying to to get to buy in. I agree with you. Like this shouldn't be something that we have to create buy-in from, but I think when teachers time and also thinking about managers as well and who they report to, they can often find themselves being pulled in different directions. And the link to the UN sustainability goals is a wonderful thing that schools can be really proud of and really promote and engage not just students, but the whole community around the school in conversation about. Exactly that. And yeah, the SDGs are something that are visible uh, every everybody knows, but a lot of people know what they are. And despite their their maybe failings in general, they are a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful educational framework. Thanks very much for starting us off with that. I think this is a really good springboard now. So if listeners are like, oh, I'm not sure if I can make time for these activities, you've now given them a really good reason to get buy-in, to make space for them. So which activity would you like to kick off today with? Oh, I'm going to start with one of my favourite all-time games. Um, and it's, I call it an environmental board race. And it's basically a regular board race, but using environmental words. So I like to, to get my whiteboard um, and on one side, I write vertically an environmental word. Let's say, hmm, climate. I'll write climate on one side of the board and then I'll write climate on the other side of the board. The class will be split into two teams and then what they need to do is run up to the board one by one and fill in a word for each letter. So starting with C and then continuing throughout. 
there are loads of ways you can adapt this to different classes. You know, you can do this with your youngest kids and you, maybe you've just learned animals and you can just make animals the topic. Or for your higher level classes, you could focus it more on environmental vocabulary um, or something along those lines. And you can then take it a step further and use the words that you've collected and put them into a story. You know, maybe you can write an environmental story using the words that you got from climate. This is a really lovely idea to kind of recycle language and get learners reviewing language. And it, like you said, it could be a brainstorming as a springboard to a creative project. What's the most um, memorable words that students have come up with when you've been playing this environmental board race? I think my favourite one that actually ever came up, and it's, it's very strange to say this, but I was teaching a first certificate class uh, and, and we got to the E and they wrote environmentally friendly. And, and for me, suddenly, you know, my challenge was whoever could write the longest word got the points. And that student had gone from thinking environment, and I thought, I need to make it longer. So they turned into environmentally. And then as soon as environmentally came into the head, they were like, oh, environmentally friendly. I've heard that before. So just, just seeing that kind of process in the students and and it's also something that is really useful to different parts of the first certificate exam. You know, you can find those words in there. You can find them turning, uh, using adverbs, and, and you can just see the wheels turning. So for me, environmentally friendly was probably my favourite. That's a brilliant um, memory to have of, of that activity. This is a really good activity you got started with and such an easy one that teachers can already adapt if they've not already doing board races of some sort. I think a lot of teachers do. This is one that can just make a simple switch to, make a, a slight change to bring the environment into the classroom. So with that, what's your next one? How are you going to top this? Oh, they get better. Don't worry, they yeah. get better. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call snowballs um, because I live in Seville where it's currently very, very hot. So the idea of seeing a snowball at the moment is my dream. Um, it's also a great way of reusing scrap paper. So when we get our scrap paper, we go to our recycling box. And from that, we take some pieces out. And on the back of our scrap paper, we write a planet pledge. So uh, I will stop driving to school. You know, I'll start walking to school. So it can start with something very simple like that. Um, I will stop eating meat on Mondays and Thursdays. Any idea like that we can put on a piece of paper. Then you screw up the piece of paper. And what I do in my classes is I get my students to throw it at the teacher, um, being me. <laughs> now, something wonderful when the, the students are able to throw something at you, they get very involved, they get very excited. Um, and then I, I ask them to go and collect a snowball. They have to find that snowball, open that snowball, and go around the class asking what their fellow students' planet pledge was. So, you know, do you take two-minute showers? Um, do you eat meat only on Mondays and Thursdays? Oh, yes, I do. That's my planet pledge. And then with that, I stick it to the wall. So they've got their planet pledge that they've made, this idea that they've had, no matter how simple, no matter how small, and it's there on the wall. And when they walk out of the classroom, they can look at it. And you can check back on it at any moment. And you can say, hey, Steve, did you have meat for dinner yesterday? Yesterday was Thursday. How are you going with that? 
Oh, well, yeah, I did have meat yesterday, but I'm not going to have meat today. So, you know, I changed it around. I'm finding it difficult on Mondays and Thursdays, but I am doing two days a week. So it's a way of keeping it there and in our students' faces. That's a wonderful way of like making it part of that classroom environment, these resources that you can refer back to and recycle and make part of other um, conversations and obviously other things you can do with the students. When you were talking about the snowball fight, the last time I did a snowball fight in my uh, young learner classes, another teacher actually came in with his class and uh, like snowball attacked us. We, we were unprepared, unaware, and they literally just came in and threw all these snowballs out of these paper snowballs. And then for the rest of the lesson, me and my students were like, right, how are we going get, to get them back? Like, we need to plot carefully. But while you were mentioning and describing that activity, that's a wonderful memory I have. And like you say, the students get so involved, they're so excited um, to be part of that. And then that can really help generate that interest into the topic and what's written on those pieces of paper. Exactly. And you get to see this eclectic mix of, of different views and, and you're encouraging recycling as well, which can't be a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, then we've talked about the board race, the snowball fight. You've got a third one in your pocket to share. What would you like to talk about next? I have now. This one is probably my favorite with teens-ish and also young adults. And that's a two minute tweet. So at the end of my lesson, Uh, Whatever I've been teaching about, I don't only teach about the environment, by the way. I do teach about other things. I just connect it to the environment in some way because everything is connected to the environment. So at the end of my lesson, let's say I've talked about sport, which which I will be doing um, in future classes, obviously. At the end of the lesson, I say to my students, "Okay, you have two minutes. I want you to write a tweet or up to 280 characters about how sport is connected to the climate or how the climate is connected to sport. So they may say something along the lines of sport affects the climate because there is lots of transport to matches. So there's a lot of CO2 that is released and the climate affects sport because it's getting hotter. So now they have to have water breaks or there is... um, a weather incident so there may be a storm or something like that so these ideas that students can think about and get into and it's just a two-minute tweet so they have two minutes they have 280 characters you're not saying go home and write an essay no you're just saying look we've got two minutes just write down the connections and you know they have that moment of critical thinking and a great way to to kind of join them together and do students actually tweet these on a social media platform or is it something they, they just write down or do you give them the choice? They can if they want. Um, I have had in the past one or two classes do it. It's rare though. Usually it's just a way of getting them to write in their notebook. Um, you just call it a tweet and they can draw a bird and they can surround it. They can make it look wonderful. And, you know, but they ha- I have had students tweet from the class in the past. I think it's lovely that you give them that choice because depending on if they want to engage in social media and how comfortable they feel with that, they can either just write it and share it with their classmates in the safe space of that classroom or put it on social media if they wish. Exactly. This is brilliant. These activities are so easy to integrate into the class. Like you say, they don't take too much time. um, But the fact that you're able to kind of integrate conversations about the environment is a really powerful one. I'm sure as teachers are listening, they're thinking, oh, you know what? I can adapt that 
other activity like bingo that I play with my students. Bingo is my favorite. Um, it's my students' favorite too for most classes. Um, how they can adapt existing um, activities to kind of integrate the environment. For teachers that are interested in learning more and integrating environmental literacy into their classes, what sort of resources or things can they do to kind of build this skill? Okay, now for me, there are there are two ways to go about this. One way, and this is actually my favourite way of doing it, and that's to, you know, flip the classroom. Our, our teenage students know so much at the moment. Some of my biggest heroes are teenage activists. You know, these are people that I learn a lot from. They've really helped me a huge amount. So giving that power over to your students, they can bring the environmental literacy and you listening to them and you learning from them will empower your students. So that's one way of doing it. Um, The other way is going on to the the plethora of materials there are out there. Uh, Obviously, Renewable English is the prime hotspot for... um, for the greatest environmental lesson plans out there, and they're completely free. Uh, but there are so many other places, you know, ELT Sustainable, ELT Footprint has a, a lot of materials on there. All of the big publishers are coming out with you know, free climate materials and, and places to get that. So there is so much out there. It can be difficult, but my first step would be listen to your students, and then from that, have a look around and see, see what you can find. That's brilliant. And I think also just talking to the teachers as well about what they're doing, you can really create um, a whole best practice sharing of activities, lesson plans, ideas, strategies, right? There's a lot of power within the community of your school as, as it stands. Thank you so much, Harry, for packing so much value into this episode, for sharing activities and recommendations. You mentioned that Renewable English has uh, free resources that teachers can download. Please, could you tell us where we can find those? You can find them on the elaborately named renewableenglish.com. Uh, it's all there. There are, there are videos there to go with classes. So they're pre-made classes which have worksheets as well. Um, and we have live classes every other Friday. You can also follow Harry on social media. Just look for the Renewable English handle wherever you are on social media to stay up to date with the latest um, materials and resources that he's creating. So if you have a question that you'd like us to answer or like Harry, you have a topic that you'd like to pitch for an episode, then you can contact us via Instagram, Facebook or the website tsopop.com. Finally, you can support the work we do at Pop by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast, sharing Pop content with your teaching community or by even buying us a coffee at ko forward slash tsopop.com.